0: Look out, guys. It looks like Bjergsen is leaving TSM. Uh, there's so many North American rumors. There's a bunch more European rumors. There's so much to get into. We had a banger semifinal at Worlds. Like, this weekend was actually awesome. What else? We got finals previews coming up. And T and I have made another prop sheet. Those of you that have been watching for a while will remember that we've done a prop sheet before. I think we did better this time around. I think last time we made a few mistakes doing it our first time. We will get into that at the very end of the show. JNT, let's get into the beer and stuff, man. He's leaving TSM. You and I were both confident, like like really confident that he's staying with North America uh, or excuse me, staying with TSM, but it looks like he's just staying with North America. Um, and I guess I, I may as well say this is episode 64 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. JNT, go ahead, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of got, like, both halves of my take wrong where I was 100% confident that he was going to stay with TSM. And if he wasn't (laughs) going to, he was going to go back to an EU team. Um, But, I mean, for the most part, it looks like he's going to stay in North America, just not on TSM. And, you know, it it was just kind of really out of the blue that that video came out on Twitter from TSM, apart from Reggie, basically just saying that Bjergsen expressed his interest to um, start again as a player, not as a coach. I think they said around September first they allowed him to speak with a bunch of other teams in the rest of the league, um, which is I guess good guy TSM because they weren't at Worlds yeah. anyway. So what the hell are they doing? So and basically Bjergsen came back to them and said like, "Hey, like I'm gonna decline the offer that you made to you made to me and I'm gonna go elsewhere." And it feels like uh, it just it's just gonna feel so weird to see Bjergsen not on TSM because that guy is TSM. He's the whole brand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it really will feel feel weird, but we also said the same thing about him retiring, and that was kind of weird as well. Like uh, an LCS without Bjergsen is kind of weird, but I mean, we kind of got used to it. I I think maybe I, maybe I'm not speaking for everyone. I got used to it, I guess. I didn't expect to get used to it, but I did, and so maybe we expect we we can expect to get used to Bjergsen being on TL or C9, which seem to be the frontrunners right now. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was even though I was right there with you, I thought if he's staying in North America, he's staying with DSM because duh. But once we've heard the reasons as to why he might be leaving, I guess nothing is for sure yet. I, I mean, he is leaving, but which team he's going to is not for sure. But as to why he's going to a team is I guess he wants to play with a specific player is what in, co- in quotations,
1: say. a specific player like.
0: Yeah, and immediately everyone hopped to core JJ, which I mean, come on. Why would you not want to play with Core JJ, right? Is there any other North American player that you think Bjergsen would be like, I want to play with this guy?
1: Yeah. I mean, Core JJ has been the best player in the LCS over the last two years. Yeah. You know, he had not the greatest sort of end to, you know, 2020 in terms of TL's world's performances and TL's performances in summer playoffs. And even in spring playoffs that matter, like TL was a roster that was built to win the LCS by bringing in Alfari and having a roster like Santorin, Core JJ, Jensen, and Tactical. And I think people just view Core CoreJJ as the best player individually in the LCS. I think Alfari was put up there a little bit towards the beginning of the spring split um, because he was just absolutely smashing people. Um, but I mean, the only other players that you could even put on like the same pedestal and it's not even close to that much like domestically i think would only be blabber like he has been playing very very well for the most part over the course of the last two years but you know blabber does seem to crack under the pressure a little bit whereas 4jj is just always good
0: (laughs) yeah i wouldn't say this year so for me i don't think he would at all really want to play with blabber just because i think you Usually, if you're playing with Blabber, I mean, we've seen him have success when he's being played around. I don't know. I mean, Bjergsen can be flexible. There's that, but I just don't think that it's Blabber that he wants to play with. I I do think there's probably TSM fans going, well, why don't you want to play with Spika? He's an MVP, and I think the reason would have to be that I think he be- he probably probably believes that Core JJ has a bigger gap in support than Spika does to the next best jungler, which could be Santorin. That would have to be my thought process. Is that. Look, I would like to play with Spika, sure, but Santorin's really good too. And if it's not Core JJ, there's no other support that I don't that I think he would have a lot of confidence in being able to play with um, out of the out of the open possibilities. Because I do not think Vulcan had that great of a year in comparison to his year last year. I think Vulcan has definitely looked worse this year. So I don't think Bjergsen would be too excited about playing with Vulcan.
1: Yeah, um, and I mean, any thoughts on that? Well, like, we've just seen how dominant CoreJJ has been in the LCS. Like, he basically created this whole topside support meta, which we saw a ton of in the summer playoffs. Obviously, that has now become a very meta thing that we are seeing at the World Championship. But CoreJJ was doing this very, very early on, and we sort of saw that battle in that initial C9 versus TL series in the summer playoffs where Vulcan and CoreJJ were literally just going topside for the entirety of the series. I mean, like, they they would basically get level 3, get level 4, And then just go topside for the rest of the game. And CoreJJ is always one who seems to be ahead of the meta in terms of what's strong. His champion pool is always so wide. I mean, we've talked about how good his pocket picks are, like his Blitzcrank, his Thresh, and just how solid he is on basically every single meta support. Whether it's Leona, whether it's Rakan, um, I don't know, whether it's Alistar, whether it's Rel. His Rel is insane, although that champion isn't as popular anymore. But, you know, he's he's just the best player available. If...
0: He's the he's best player a world available. Champion, yeah, he's a world champion. You can't forget that. Like that is something that is going to matter. Now I know there are world champions that are no longer world champion caliber, like Impact, for example. Or JJ Impact's is? A good, Impact, a good Impact is a good player, but he's no longer a world's uh, uh, champion uh, skill level. What am I trying to say? You get what I'm trying to say. Uh, whereas core jj i think people would still still say is is good enough to win a world championship and yes i know people are going they're probably slapping their foreheads right now going north america win a championship we all know it's unlikely but that's why you play that's what you play for that that's what you put your career towards especially if you're someone like bjergsen do you think he's come do you think bjergsen would come back if he was just coming back to a regular tsm like a, a skill level TSM, like we saw this year, that was around third or fourth, because I'll say third or fourth, just because they were really close to cloud nine. They went five games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think Bjergsen would want to come back? I think Bjergsen wants to come back only if he's getting a really good team to play with. I
1: mean, I think that's pretty much exactly what we saw with Double Lift this past year. You know, he saw that TSM, you know, there was going to be a real possibility that TSM wasn't going to get those those blue chip free agents, like it was uncertain if they were going to get sword art. They really had no clue, no clue what they were doing in the top lane after releasing broken blade. And I mean, a lot of us were scratching our heads when we found out the news that TSM was getting rid of broken blade in favor of bringing in somebody else, because you could argue that broken blade was one of their best players down the stretch and, you know, season 10 with their very like topside focused meta. And, you know, Bjergsen could be thinking the same thing like, Hey, if TSM can't put together a roster that's worthy of, of my skill level and worthy of, you know, my time, like, I'm going to go elsewhere and you know, it's definitely on him. His contract was up. He was a free agent, you know, TSM reportedly made him like a really lucrative offer. I mean, that's what they said in the video. I think they said competitive, not lucrative, but so whatever that means. And he just chose to go elsewhere. Like he, he has more faith in the TL money, the, the C9 international success maybe, or the, the somewhere, somewhere else. I don't know. Those It feels like those are the only two options really.
0: Do you think anything, I I don't really think there's a lot of uh, anything for this to stand on, but I'll bring it up anyways. Do you think it's possible that he saw Europe perform not so well this Worlds and thinks that his chances at in, in Europe aren't much better than in North America? So why not stay in the area that he's, he's already called LA his home, right? Like he's been in North, North America for a long time now. Maybe he feels like going back to Europe isn't home anymore. I don't know. And maybe he feels like I may as well make bank in a region that didn't perform much worse than Europe. I don't know.
1: Hmm. I, I would say considering we did see like, I guess part of the reason originally why I was so confident that Bjergsen was going to stay with TSM is before he signed that huge deal, I think it was in the end of season eight, or maybe it was the beginning of season eight um, that gave him partial ownership in TSM. Like I think it was at the end of season eight. Now that I'm thinking about it, like there was also like big rumors that Bjergsen was going to f- go to fanatic or something, or, or Bjergsen was going to go to 100 T and, So, like, when the EU door kind of shut there, it made me think that, like, okay, yeah, he's prioritizing North America. So, I don't know, I don't think I necessarily would say that EU's lesser performance at Worlds had anything to do with his decision to stay in NA. I mean, maybe it did. Like, maybe he's like, hey, like, we competed with these guys. Like, C9 did go 1-1 and against Mad Lions at MSI. C9 went 2-1 and against Rogue at uh, Worlds. And, you know, maybe he does see even footing between the two regions, and I think the majority of people after this world championship would say, you know, the gap between NA and EU actually closed in NA's favor a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I think being the competitor that Bergson is, I would think he is just trying to go for the best available like spot and team. And yeah. if you are a team liquid and you can provide great players like Santorin, one who's already played with for JJ, I think we've, we've basically just, just, just discussed now he's the best player in the league. Um, who knows what happens at ADC? Whether it's the Jensen thing or whether they bring in somebody else, and then you know they can still import top lane. There, there's you know a bunch of rumors as to who they can bring in there.
0: Yeah, and there, there's still a lot of uncertainty. But let's just throw out the information that uh, we've heard. Obviously, there's nothing that is concrete or anything like that. But for those that are unaware, there was rumors that Jensen would roll swap to ADC and play and they would all play on TL. And then another thing that I believe Travis said is that he heard maybe Whippo might go to TL. Although I've heard back and forth things on that. Uh, it's hard to remember because like there's so much like, oh, this might happen. And then like yeah. the next day you hear it, it might not happen. So just take everything that we're saying here with a grain of salt, guys, because remembering when I heard it, like what the most recent information is. I can't keep up, man. There is just way too much. But the, what, one event, or at some point, the potential lineup was Bwipo, Santorin, and Jensen, Core JJ for Team Liquid. As of tonight on Hotline League, Travis, I still think he has TL as the front, front runner, but I think he said, what, what did he say? Uh, I think I wrote it down. I don't know, somewhere like he doesn't think C9 is out of it. I, I lost the code. I got too much shit in my notes here. But, anyways, I guess C9 is not out of it yet. So that is still a possibility. And I guess um, he was, flo- or Travis was floating the idea of Han Sama possibly going to C9. Um, and then there's also the idea that Danny might be for sale. Like there's still so much on the table. And then I don't know if Travis was trolling, but he also asked one of the callers on Hotline. What do you think about Mickey? And it was, a, I think it was called call for C9, if I remember right. So, I mean, uh, there's just too much. There's still so much up in the air. And, uh, I mean, I think he's probably going to TL, but I guess what I'm saying is it's not a done deal.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess the other stuff to talk about with TSM um, is that apparently Sword Art is leaving as well uh, one year into his big $6 million deal that was basically memed throughout the entirety of the year because of Sword Art's performance. Um... And I think that was kind of expected regardless of what was going to happen with Bjergsen based on the results you were getting for the amount of money that you were paying for him. Um, But, I mean, the big thing that came out of all of this that TSM did say is that, you know, they're basically building the entire roster around Huni and Spica. Those are the two players Mm -hmm. that they are going to retain and that, you know, they're kind of putting more of a focus to developing younger players rather than getting veterans or going for some big super team, quote-unquote.
0: Yeah, and I think that's because they realize if we can't keep Bjergsen, well, we can't make our super team, and so let's keep some of the guys that we have that are that are good players. They're not top-tier players, but they're good. Obviously, you could say Spika's top-tier, but I, I'm talking most mostly about Hooney, who is a good player, not a top-tier player. Um, and you could still have a competitive season, and the money that you would save on Sword Art, maybe you could put towards your academy system or something like that. You, know, you could actually look toward, more towards development, is the idea. And did you say the quote of what Reggie and Parth said in their video? I I can I have that here if if you didn't say it already.
1: Well, it was like developing younger talent or something like that. I don't have I yeah, don't know if I that just, was a direct quote, but I just I
0: have the I have the direct quote, so I just I'm just going to share it just cuz I have it here. Um, So Reggie, in the video that they released, you guys can go check it out on Twitter, but um, for the sake of just our conversation here, he said, we intend to focus uh, on up and coming players and to build our team culture around these rising stars. And then Parth said, to clarify, this does not mean TSM will be an all rookie development roster, which is basically echoing what you just said a moment ago, but I just wanted to give the exact quote of what they announced to the TSM fans. Mm hmm. So yeah, and then uh, apparently uh, not. Haven't heard much about where Poe is going, but it sounds like he won't be with TSM, is what uh, uh, people are saying. Uh, that's another one that I heard on Travis's stream a few days ago. So I, I guess there's still a lot of options available, or a lot of uncertainty, even with TSM, even though we know a couple of players. Who who the hell knows what's going on there? Yeah,
1: it's uh, going to be a bit of a shakeup, it seems, for TSM.
0: My guess is. Fans will slow down a little bit on the TSM Reckless thing. I don't know how much legs it had in the first place. Yeah. How do you pull Reckless over when you say we have Spica? Like, I'm sure... Oh, my camera's out of focus. I'm sure you're happy with Spica because he's an MVP, but I'm sure Reckless... You'll probably need more to convince Reckless to come across the pond than just Spica, right? You need to see more in other lanes, and TSM losing Bjergsen can't help, I would imagine. Yeah, and
1: I mean, like, considering the language of the quote you basically just said it doesn't seem like that's the direction they're going.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, so anyways, it, it's very weird. Cause we've never seen this side of things from TSM. Normally it's like, we want to do well at worlds and that's kind of been their motto. And then now they're like, not really making worlds and you're losing your franchise player. It, it's, it is a little bit rough for TSM, but, um, I don't know. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think they have a chance in the future of bouncing back. They're still TSM. They have money, and I, I even if they have, they take one year off of really going for it. I don't think this is like a permanent thing. I saw some takes posted in the Hotline League uh, Discord tonight saying that they're yeah, going to the become the new Seattle yeah, like I don't think so. There, I just there's no way. I, I mean, it would be amazing. And, and feel free to clip this and hang on forever, because <laughs> wouldn't that be something? If TSM, could you imagine? reggie he's got his team pulling up in the white van that clg pulled themselves out of instead like scrap the escalade and they just come out of this fucking i don't know this white utility van oh my god that'll be the day man i don't think we'll ever see that from tsm
1: i guess not to like i mean like if you look at the trajectory of what happened to clg like it went from a team who was like making worlds performing well in playoffs like then they stopped making worlds and then they were like kind of like fourth fifth place and then they started to drop off so if sure. tsm drops off this year maybe they're the new clg dude the trajectory what? is very clg like at the moment
0: yeah the only thing is that tsm f money is like you're good to to go spend for a lot well, of years now, clg had that this- madison
1: square garden money
0: well yeah but you don't even know if cl or if madison square garden is really as as serious as tsm is as actually putting um what i'm the just word? memeing um, a
1: bit here but yeah
0: resources into like your coaching staff and, and your infrastructure and all that like there's been all the players that have played for clg have all said just how dog shit is and i know you're memeing but just so people know we don't actually think that's going to happen or at least i don't I, I can say that for you right jnt
1: yeah, there's like a there's like a 1% chance. <laughs> they 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 just have too much money to fail. It's kind of like I don't know.
0: You're hanging on though. You're yeah. hoping.
1: I mean, it'd be hilarious for sure.
0: <laughs> anyway. Um yeah, so strange things for TSM. Uh I don't know if is there anything else? Any other let's let's get into some other NA stuff? Is there anything mm-hmm. else you had to say on it?
1: No, I you know TSM is going to look a lot different next year. That's the main thing.
0: Yeah, we think we think who the hell yeah knows? we assume all right let's get into the other na rumors
1: oh okay um okay well we kind of already were That's talking well yeah i guess <laughs> i mean i guess we'll we kind of already talked about that the the jensen thing with him potentially role swapping to adc should bjergsen mm-hmm. go to tl but i think you mentioned that you heard on travis's stream that that isn't exactly going as planned yeah whatever said that, means.
0: that- the weird thing is is that he said that he heard the Jensen ADC thing hasn't been working out so far or something along the, do I have a quote on that one sorry guys my notes are fucking everywhere um uh, I don't know man I can't, I can't find it but anyways it sounds like the Jensen but the thing is and you mentioned this to me as soon as I told you this you went what do you mean they just started like a week ago saying that jensen might be 80 carry and that's the way i look at it what, like we're a week in how, how can we say it's failing already it's not going to start off well he's a mid laner like it, yeah it's
1: only failing until you're losing games in the league
0: oh okay here's the quote he said perhaps the jensen adc thing isn't going well that's pretty vague
1: perhaps perhaps
0: yeah that's pretty vague what is that um mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think anyone in TL is like, oh no, Jensen and Core J played some solo queue and things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's all doomed. Bjergsen's leaving now. <sighs> Maybe I guess. I just don't see that being the case. I think TL's probably still the front runner, but who knows? Who the hell knows? Travis seems to think C9's still in the running. It sounds like E. G is no longer in the running. Um, but anyways, there's that. Yeah, it feels then... like it
1: feels like E. G are always in the running until they're not in the running. It's like, oh, E.G. was like in the running for perks, or oh. Eg was in the running for this. It's like, uh, well, nope.
0: E. It seems like Eg comes in saying, "We're gonna spend, we're gonna do it," and then they just get outspent, and they're like, "Damn."
1: Yeah. And, and then the they thing get is, like it's really scraps. hard for
0: them. To, yeah, it's hard for them to compete compete in the spending world because even if you have the funds to match C nine TSM T L, you don't have the if the you brand match and it. The... Yeah, if you match it, they're still gonna like you need to overmatch for them to come your way. Because people are just going to go to the teams that have had success in the past, so I, I do feel for EG a little bit there. I, I I give them credit for trying. It's a tough, it's a really tough situation, and it sounds like another thing that was mentioned on Hotline League tonight is that it's possible Danny's on the table to be bought out, which I mean, there's always a price, right? Um, it's a little bit sad because EG is like this team that's supposed to develop players and whatnot, but. I'm sure they're getting offered a fat check for Danny. You would have to imagine, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, based off of what we've kind of heard, I mean, uh, with the regards to the TSM stuff, like Danny is a player that sort of fits that profile of a young player who has the future to be a star in the league, and it's just like that's the perfect match right there with what TSM is just saying and the player that Danny is right now. Like that could be a fit if Cloud Nine wants to go, um, you know, import elsewhere. And free up an import slot, and get an, uh, get a native ADC. That could also work for um, for C9. And who knows? Maybe TL's is not really happy with tactical, and they want to just get a better um, sort of. Yeah, N-A-ADC. well,
0: my wonder, what I wonder is if, if Jensen isn't good enough for the ADC and maybe they go Danny, then maybe Jensen's like, hey, what the hell? Bjergsen was supposed to come over to TL and I was supposed to be the AD <laughs> and now I'm out of a job. And then you got to wonder, well, is Jensen going to go back to Cloud9? Uh, yeah, there's, there's still a lot of possibilities up in the air. Um, one of the other things, did, did I mention the Hansama thing yet? Because I got a few other things to mention here. Did I mention the Hansama? If Get I didn't... A little bit. If I didn't, I guess Travis is teasing. He said Hansama, I feel like, is a very likely option for C9. That's where I would be betting chips right now. So it doesn't sound like he's 100%, but if he were to bet, he would bet on Hansama on going to C9. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So there's that. And then what else? Oh, this was another weird thing. Uh, just the last thing on TSM here. Uh, I guess Lena took all of her TSM stuff out of her Twitter bio and whatnot, so maybe they're losing Lena too, which is like a—I don't know if that's a big deal whatsoever, honestly. But I just think it is noteworthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know? Reggie uh, got the Re- la-
1: Reggie. Reggie got pissed. <laughs> yeah. Getting cocked. Yeah
0: you you couldn't you couldn't hold on to the uh, well I don't know whatever. <laughs> um, and the last thing is FlyQuest. I actually think this is kind of a low key like. I think this is underrated. Got my FlyQuest jersey on for this. I hope that it's a good signing. For this I'm not one gonna pretend... specific instance? I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about Takui. I don't. That his name? But... Is that how you say it? Well, I think so.
1: Oh, I wasn't sure. I, w- I was kind of hoping that you might say the name so I didn't butcher it.
0: I think it's Takui. Or t- well, okay. It sounds good to t- me. People might say Takui. Um... But, uh, it, I mean, it's from the LFL, which is the French League. I'm I'm guessing it's probably pronounced Tukui, And if he's an MVP for the LFL, I feel like that has to be a really good signing. Um, So, I, I'm really excited for this, for, for TL, or excuse me, for FlyQuest. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't really think Palafox looked too good. And I think that bringing in what is obviously a young, good talent has to be good. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I think that this is low-key, like, I'm kind of impressed with FlyQuest how could nobody else get the LFL MB- MVP like there's a lot of good players that come out of that league yeah I
1: think the so LFL was... is kind of widely regarded as the best regional league out of all the EU regional leagues and ones yeah. whose top teams go to EU Masters we've seen a ton of LFL teams win EU Masters whether it was like Caramine Corp back in the day where you had Adam who was like the big star of that show went on to Fnatic and then this Tukui guy um, he would won would you say the
0: league is the best in the west
1: no <laughs> um, i mean it
0: might be for developing uh, yeah for well, developing talent it actually like, might like yeah
1: it's like mini the mini best league um so he was lfl mvp in the spring split this year not the gotcha. summer split his team finished okay. in seventh hmm. which i mean like that doesn't really tell you a whole lot because
0: how many teams are in that league i don't know yeah me neither
1: uh they went seven and eleven if that says anything
0: he got MVP on a seventh place team. I'm trying to think if that's a no, good no. Thing this, or a bad was, thing. this
1: was this was summer split. Just recently oh, they, okay. they finished. Gotcha. They, in spring they finished fourth.
0: Okay. So. Anyways, I thought that was really interesting. I you would think that the LFL talent would go right to the LEC as it has. There's 12. ten teams. Yeah. Anyways. So I was really surprised by that. And I think it's probably a good sign for FlyQuest. I think it's something to be excited about because they produce a lot of good talent that league. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: oh, uh, well, I was just going to say, like, with the rest no, of FlyQuest, we probably can assume that Jose Diodo's is sticking around. So that would be the two... I imp- don't
0: think we can assume anything anymore, man. Not With Bjergsen leaving TSM, I'm done with assumptions. I don't got a clue. And I'm just going to wait.
1: Well, I'm going to assume. And, okay. I mean, that basically fills up the FlyQuest import slots. So, whether or not they choose to stick with Kumo in the top lane, or Johnson, or I don't even remember who the other ADC was. Uh, Tomo? It was Tomo. Tomo. I think it was Tomo. Um, and then Diamond and Dreams. I mean, Dreams is an import, so that doesn't really work out anymore. So... He's kind of yeah. pushed out the mix,
0: should they... Well, and Diamond gave one of those, oh, I'm allowed to explore options. Yeah, yeah, for okay, he's gone, never uh, mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those don't have a good history of having people stick around. Yeah. I, I would like to know what the percentage of players that put that out actually end up staying on the team That's allowed 95 to... plus, at least. Probably, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I think that's it for all the North America stuff, right? Yeah, we got a um, lot
1: of eu stuff but
0: before we move on to the eu stuff though i just want to ask do you have any other because i want to ask we heard a lot of stuff about tsm and tl and we heard some things about c9 of course i wanted to ask you as the c9 guy is there anything anyone that you think is being left out that you would like c9 to go after
1: well i mean considering the you know travis saying that the jensen adc thing isn't going well or perhaps isn't going well, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, and Bjergsen, know, right? you know, doesn't go to TL. Or if he even if he does go to TL, I mean, there's a lot of mid laners that C9 could go after because, you know, we're going to get to it in a little bit, but it looks like Perks is going back to EU. But, you know, this basically frees up an import slot for C9 to import mid if they want to, or go for a resident um, NA player in mid lane and then maybe go import ADC, whether it is Sama or somebody like that. But in terms of the import mids that I think, you know, would be good fits for C9 potentially, I think the first one is Nisky. I think it's mm-hmm. you know we haven't really heard anything from like Fnatic in terms of what's going on with the rest of their roster other than Razork. Um, but if Nisky's not there, I would assume that a lot of the C9 players that are on that team would like to play with Nisky again. It feels like the only reason that Nisky got kicked from C9 even in the first place was because they saw the potential for more with perks, and yes, Niski did have a pretty bad end to uh, 2020 at towards the end of the regular season and in the playoffs. I think he was him and Blaber were their two worst players when they kind of had that massive collapse. Um, but at the same time, I think the other guy that I want to point out to uh, is like a really underrated player in my opinion is a uh, Vito from Misfits. I think that guy's insane. I think you know he was one of the main reasons him and Razork. I think were two of their two of misfits strongest players down the stretch kind of leading them to almost a top four finish. Um, So I think if C9 did want to import and maybe go younger and sort of plan for the future rather than maybe picking up a older veteran or I guess a more tenured player, he would be one guy that I would look at.
0: Yeah. Um, I gave this take to you last week, I think, Um, but I'm going to say it now and it sounds less five head because we've learned that it's possible C9 might be, getting rid of Vulcan. It sounds like that's possible. Um, it sounds like C9 might be getting rid of a lot of people. But what my take was, and I'm glad I said it to you before this stuff came out, was I think Fudge is the only player that they're going to keep. Um, I, or look to keep, I should say. Because you never know what is actually available. Uh, maybe you can't find anyone that's better than Blabber. Or, or you only have so many import slots, right? So uh, it's, it's easy to say, oh, just get better everything, you know? But I actually do think that C9 is looking to keep fudge only. That would be my thought because I actually don't think any of the C9 players played all that great this year. I think that they all, um, were noticeably worse than the year prior, and I think that's usually a bad trend if they're if they're heading in the wrong direction. I think Blabber looked definitely worse than last year, very inconsistent. You guys know my opinion on perks already, and we know perks is gone uh, or likely to be gone. Zven got benched. We still don't know what's going on with that. And Zven was easy pickings very often since pretty much MSI. And I think Vulcan has looked not even close to as impactful as he was last year. Um, so I, I think that pretty much, I, that's my take, is that I think C9 is getting rid of four players and going to look to replace them. Now, what's available is up in the air, right? But anyways, I that's what I think Cloud9 is going to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, my whole thing with replacing players on... Specifically, top teams in the league, like when you are a Team Liquid, when you are a TSM, when you are a C9, when you are a 100 Thieves, like, sure, you know, replacing a player might be necessary due to poor performance, but at the same time, you need to find a player of equal or better skill. And right. I 100% agree. I think Fudge has got that spot locked up. But in my opinion, unless you're going to really shake things up in terms of where exactly you're going to be utilizing your imports, I see no reason to get rid of Blabber. I think, you know, he does have the highest ceiling of maybe any player in the league like we can see when this guy's on form. He's the MVP. Looks really really good. The question yeah. is, can he stay at that level? And whether that's The thing
0: that's, is Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's just
1: whether that's like roster stability, um a better like fit for mid lane cuz we really saw how well Nisky and Blabber worked together. Like that was a combo that was like really really insane and like Nisky was, you know, the Blabber enabler when mid lane meta was all about pushing and roaming where you had champions like Rumble mid, he was like heavy twisted fate meta as well. Um, so, you know, whether it's finding the enabler for blabber or getting him a little bit more under control, which I think we saw towards the end of summer split, because let's be honest at the beginning of summer split and at MSI blabber was all over the place. Um, but I did think blabber got a little bit better kind of as the, as the season went on, ultimately never got back to that level that he was at pre MSI and sort of, you know, when he was MVP and then when he was also MVP Mm -hmm. in spring season 10, um, but I do think that bot lane, we could see some changes, especially if we do see the sort of import switch around where maybe instead of importing ADC, they go native with like a Danny or a tactical maybe, who knows? um, Or mid lane, if you know if they get Bjergsen, like Bjergsen's a resident. So that frees up another import slot for you. Maybe you want to go after you know an EU support, a Korean support, or something like that.
0: Well, and I think Santorin is a free agent. So it's possible that if C9 is still after Bjergsen, that they still go after Santorin as well. Daddy. That's that's possible um the the one thing that i wanted to mention is that uh, you you mentioned blabber ceiling is is a, one of the best if not the best north american player i i can agree with that we've seen him be an mvp we know that he can be really good but i'm getting a little bit tired of the ceiling talk because we've talked about cloud nine ceiling all freaking year long we haven't seen much ceiling you know what i'm saying so i i think the ceiling talk while it may be true I think it's optimistic to expect or hope for the ceiling. Um, So that's, I'm I'm not, you could say anyone at their ceiling. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not too big on on the ceiling talk, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's just about finding the right combination of players. And and that's the main thing is, you know, C9 clearly have not been, like the front runners per se, and a lot of these players with regards to free agency, and honestly never really have been. They're usually the ones that are selling off their players to bring in a younger type player. And the only time that we really saw them very aggressive in the free agency period was when the whole perks, you know, perks being available was going down. But I do think unless Cloud9 is getting Bjergsen, we're probably going to see, you know, a much more slower and thoughtful free agency period from then, whether they want to go with kind of like a younger player, maybe like a VTO, maybe like a, I don't know, so a younger player maybe a more veteran style in niski who they think will work better with the team or if they do go for these big guys like a han summer or somebody like that
0: yeah and predicting what c9 does is impossible year after yeah. year they always surprise us one way or another so i uh, yeah i can't even pretend to to guess what the hell is go- going to go on for c9 but we know that their off season is going to be interesting because it always is so that's that's pretty sweet um okay now we let's get into the european stuff Mm -hmm. because there's a lot usually it's like europe acts first and then all the really good players that don't have a really good team are the players that might be coming over to north america yeah uh i'll let you go ahead and and start with the stuff
1: yeah um well up first we have this and i've slowly realized this really has no relation to any of what we're talking about but it's kind of interesting uh forgiven (laughs) yes forgiven if people remember who that is you heard that right. <laughs> was the last time he played season 10 on Schalke and then he got benched? No. I or was think that was season 11? Season 10. I think it was season 10, Was dude. it?
0: Really? I thought it was. Anyways, it feels like forever. Yeah. I thought it was like season eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, I, well, don't ask me. I don't know. So
1: apparently he's looking to play pro again and he's going to join like a, a, a regional league team in the Spanish league. Um. So mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Although
0: let's get all the other more boring ones out of the way.
1: Yeah. Um, other boring ones, I'm going to be honest, there's a couple names on here that I really don't know who the hell they are. So, Sirtis, um, he's going to play for SK next year as the mid laner. Previously played for uh, Schalke's uh, ERL team and Misfits Prem- Premier, the other ERL team. So, SK kind of seems like they're going young with their mid laner there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other ones, uh, Neon, former Shalka ADC, is going to be the new ADC for Misfits. That would also leave Kabe without a without a spot for the time being. Right. Um, what else what else to see here? That's most of the boring stuff. Those are the boring ones. Yeah.
0: Uh the thing is I, I say boring, but like there's still a chance that these players we've never heard of can be really good, right? It's yeah. just you can't count on that. And because we know nothing about them, that's why they're boring. It's not because they're bad, it's because we just don't know anything. Yeah. I mean Neon's uh, a good let's...
1: player. We know we know a lot about Neon. He's been on Schalke yeah. for Pretty much a year and yeah. a half now he, he was yeah, the guy yeah. who replaced forgiven
0: a... yeah oh was he okay yeah. cool uh all right let's do some of the more interesting ones the players that we do know
1: yeah so oh. i kind of alluded to it a bit earlier uh razork uh, misfits jungler is expected to play for Fnatic, replacing whippo mm-hmm. who is also going to be a free agent uh and we also did say there there was a a small rumor going around that tl was maybe going to get Whippo top lane uh, but I mean Razork the Fnatic is, in my opinion, like a really huge signing for Fnatic. Uh whether or not they keep the same roster, uh, minus uh Whippo adding in Razork. I think that could be a very great roster. Um, you know, there's you know, still a lot of questions up in the air what's gonna go on with Niski, and what's gonna go on with the ADC position, because we do know that Halo saying is locked into a new deal. I think we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. And presumably Adam is gonna be sticking around because, you know, he is He's this very young player who does have a lot of potential, so it'd be pretty surprising yep. to see them move off of him. And, you know, we did see some... We saw a lot of lows from Adam at Worlds, but we also saw some highs where, even from behind, he was going for some very aggressive plays and trades. Yeah, we did. Yeah, um, that's true. And then the whole Upset thing, you know, we got to s- kind of see how that pans out and whether or not Reckless is playing yeah. any part in this.
0: We still don't know... Yeah, we still don't know what happened with Upset. We still don't know where Reckless is going, and we know Reckless have been, has been with Fnatic... A couple of times, and for a long time, he's played for Fnatic. So that's still possible, and that stuff is still up in the air as well. Yeah, and it wouldn't um, be
1: surprising at all to see Fnatic go get Reckless again after yeah. they let him go in season five when he went to Elements, which was like the EU super team at the time, failed there, went back to Fnatic, and then, you know, still just had like another great five years of Fnatic. So it would not surprise me at all to see them unfortunately ditch upset for Reckless if. Whatever is going on with Upset can potentially affect what is going to go on in the future. And just knowing how well Reckless plays with Hillisang. Because, like, we've talked about this before. Like, Reckless and Hillisang were the best bottom at Worlds at 2020. Yeah. So, it would like to see them back together would you know, be a huge confidence, boost, I think, for Fnatic fans.
0: Well, and the weird thing is that Hillisang and Upset were also great as well. Yeah, they were it's great. Like,
1: they were, I'm, they were in was... my opinion, the best spot in the league at the end of the year, this year.
0: Yeah, and, and it's like if you do have those two options, you have very good bot lane options. So mm. that's good for Fnatic. The rest of it is up in the air because we still don't know exactly what happened with Whippo, but we know he wants to leave. um The other thing that I, I want to make clear as well is that we have no information about upset being upset being mad uh with with Fnatic or anything like that. There's no, uh, as far as we know, it's just from what he said on Twitter that there were some family issues. So. We're not uh, saying that there's anything going on there. It's just it's possible. We don't know what actually went down. He just said it was family issues. So who knows? Because I mean, if there are significant family issues, maybe he still can't play hap- coming in January. We don't know, right? Just worth mentioning. righty, And next else up,
1: else? some some more G two stuff because it feels like there's a new G two thing every every week. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. they've chosen quote unquote Targamas as their new support um and they were reportedly holding support tryouts which is honestly pretty surprising to me because it felt like tryouts kind of like became a thing of the past once like season yeah. 8 9 rolled around like you kind of just got best player available like tryouts were like a big thing back in the day where you would see all these teams like they might be boot camping in korea or boot camping somewhere and they would bring in multiple players to try out for a position and you know like the the main one that sticks out to my mind for whatever reason is like back in season 6 when TSM was looking for a new support before they got Biofrost, and they had, like, Hillisang tryout for their team. They had Biofrost. They had, like, a couple Korean supports tryout. I just, I don't know why that, like, sticks out in my brain, but it just feels like that doesn't happen anymore. And to just randomly hear that, like, G2 was trying out supports, I was like, oh, that, that's kind of weird.
0: Let me connect the dots, even though I have no basis for this whatsoever. Okay, they're all in Iceland, right? Or, or Europe, I suppose. G2 is scrimming TL with Jensen 80 carry. Targamas, Tar- I don't know how to say his name. Is popping off, destroying Jensen, giving him the starting spot and making TL doubt whether they want to keep Jensen. It's all it's all coming together.
1: Um and then so for people who don't know who Targamas is, um, he's the support on Caramine Corp who are, you know, they're thought to be the best uh, team in the LFL once we've already said looked at as the strongest uh, European regional league team, although they didn't win the LFL in summer split. Misfits premier actually won it. Um, so they weren't actually at EU masters, but you know, he's been on a ton of the top teams in the regional league scene. So it's no surprise at all to me that he's finally getting his, his call up to the LEC.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to have a debut on G2. That's that, true. Uh, it, it, Cause G2 has options as being G2 I think that says something about a player if G2 wants to go for you as a rookie rather than any of the other options that they had on the table. Yeah, and I mean... Have, they could have kept Mickey and they, they went... Like, Mickey's a good support and They're like, nah, we're going with this Yeah, guy.
1: and I mean, if we, like, if we float back to a few of the other like, rumors that were swirling around a couple of weeks ago, like Carzy was in the mix, that doesn't really seem to be the plan anymore. Um, and then uh, Mad Lions Flackid, the, the Mad Lions uh, Regional League Team ADC, like maybe he's, he, maybe he's the guy now for G2. Maybe they go, you know, Young Guns in the bot lane with the, the Grandpa Yankos and Caps with Yeah, it's possible. some new top. I don't know. But Broken Blade. It's
0: possible. Yeah. I want
1: Broken Blade to be on G2. I like that guy.
0: Yeah, haven't heard much about Broken Blade in a while. Well, that was that like, was something we heard that was one of the, ago. yeah, that
1: was one of the first rumors it felt like came out.
0: Yeah. That was, was like before Worlds. Yeah, thing, it, was, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Hmm, haven't heard that one in a while. wonder what's going on there. Uh, what else? What else, what else, what else? Uh,
1: next up, the newest uh, team in the LEC team, BDS, who's replacing Schalke and acquired their LEC slot. Uh, we already know that they are going to have Grabs head coach the team, but they also picked up Schalke players, Limit and nuclearant, mid Midlaner and Support. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are going to be, you know, they kind of two key pieces to kind of build their roster around.
0: Yeah, I thought Nuclear Int actually looked pretty good. Like, don't get me wrong, the, uh, the the team wasn't performing so well. But I do remember watching a couple of those games, and I was actually pretty impressed with him. Now, mind you, it was just a couple of games, right? But um, anyways, I think this is a guy that's actually able to hold his own in the league. And so I, just because he was on a, a poor performing team does not mean this is a bad player. And I still think that you could see a lot more of Nuclear Int. So yeah, I think that's a good sign. Limit, I don't really have any opinions on.
1: I've always thought that the, the Shaka bot lane um has always been pretty good like pretty good. Like with Neon. Like Neon I talked about a little bit earlier, how he's going to miss like I think Neon's a solid player. And I also think Limit is a pretty good player. Um I just his best champion in my mind that sticks out is his Alistar. I just remember seeing whenever I'd be watching Shaka, he'd be playing Alistar or Rel or something like that. So he's he's one of those fatty Have engaged, engaged supports. supports. Yeah. Just fucking engage on him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> going it lol the jnt special yeah. uh okay what else
1: well i think last up but most important obviously is the mm-hmm. the vitality super team
0: yes this stuff is breaking recently was this all this morning
1: uh i think it was like kind of last night and this morning sort of
0: I mean, yeah, there was some stuff that that was perks and, and uh, Alfari might be going to Vitality. I think we heard that a little while ago, but this morning there was like they've agreed to terms, is what they were saying. Now, obviously, again, I'm going to remind everyone, nothing's complete until November like 15th or 16th or something like that. But they've agreed to terms, is I believe the the wording that people are using. So it looks like perks and Alfari are definitely out of North America. Not a really big surprise. People, I think, mostly saw that coming. Um, well, actually, maybe not JNT because at the end of our last episode, I did ask you. Well, that was uh, yeah. We should have we should have gone into that. I that I, I um. Th- this is my mistake. Uh, last episode, I remember thinking, "Worlds isn't over yet," and so we'll wait for Worlds to be over to get into the off season rumor stuff because those won't go too crazy before the Worlds end. Look, guys, I'm a little naive, okay? We're we're still learning this, I guess. Uh, lesson learned. As soon as North America and Europe are out, off-season begins. <laughs> so I, I wish we would have gotten more into it last week. Um, why did you think Perks was sticking around?
1: Well, I don't know. Like, Because, I, I mean, at the time when you asked this question, you know, it, it has been known for quite a while that he was available on the buyout market. But when we did last episode, that wasn't known. And, you know, one thing that I've always thought in terms of teams who bring in big name free agents or teams that have built sort of a quote unquote super team is it feels like specifically in North America, teams are just so willing to blow it up after a failure. And I think we've really seen from a lot of the Eastern teams, whether it's in the LPL, whether it's in the LCK, we see these, you know, these teams who are supposed to be so good and they don't make worlds or they don't perform well at worlds or they, or they like they don't even like make playoffs or anything like that. Like, we do see these Eastern teams kind of usually stick it out for about two years before they blow a whole roster up where it does feel like an NA, like rosters pretty much have like a one year lifespan. Like the the last roster that I think was like a solid roster that stuck around was the TSM 2016, 2017 roster. Like that was the only roster. That was only two years. Yeah. And and then double if like retired for half a split and like that was two years. But like you think of like, Team Liquid, obviously a very great team, who's been making worlds consistently for the last four years. Season eight, they they made big changes when they got uh, four JJ, and then they got rid of four JJ, got Brox, and they got rid of Brox, got uh, Santorin, and they got um, Tactical. Like it just feels like in NA, like if you fail within a year, it's done, start over. And I've always, I've always like preferred for people to wait around and like. Like, just go for it. One extra, you're like, why not? It feels like your team chemistry might get better. Like, I don't know, it just feels like, and it gives up easy. That's all.
0: Maybe, but I, I definitely have to give a pass for this year because not only did you quote unquote fail, but you spent a lot of freaking money failing. Like Sword Art, like there's no way you're keeping the team together after you spent three million dollars. Okay, Sword Art in was a like year. bad, bad. Well, and, and perks, I would say, was not worth whatever he was getting paid. I, I, I Jacob Wolf was saying somewhere just under three million, a little bit less than. Um, then sort and I don't think he was, a. Uh, let's say it was two and a half million. We don't know that that's the number. Let's say it was around there. I don't think he was being, he was worth two and a half million dollars per year. So, I, and then Alfari got benched. There was some issues that we don't know if we're ever going to know exactly what happened, but yeah. obviously he was getting paid as well. So there's like good reasons to break up these lineups that didn't really go very far at worlds. Didn't look that great the whole time. And cost a lot of freaking money, so this year I get it, you know what I'm saying? I, I get why. Um, but it looks like Perks and Alfari are going to go together to Vitality, and well, that's got to be a good team. I, I, I actually believe so. I've been very critical of Perks, and I don't think I've been unfair. Um, but I do want to be um, more fair to him by saying, like, I, I do think it could be a hindrance on your level of play being in a different environment. I think most people would agree with that, and I guess there was. Uh, word that came out that he wanted to be closer to family and whatnot and that can be something that really weighs on your motivation to play the game it's just your overall level of happiness and how much you feel at home not to mention these guys came over during a pandemic that could make it worse as well so I actually believe that Perks will have a better year being back in Europe where obviously the paying and practice and all that stuff is better but also he can be around family as well I feel like that has to help
1: yeah yeah so, um for those living... it
0: goes for Alfari as well. As yeah.
1: Well. well I was just gonna yeah. say, for those living under a rock, um, the, the Vitality lineup is rumored to be Alfari, Selfmade, Perks, Karzi, and Lebrov. So, you know, Vitality really only retaining LeBrov and Selfmade uh, from their previous roster, which included like I felt like three different top laners or something. Um later was their mid laner and it was like Crown Shot and then somebody else was their ADC. I don't know. Vitality was constantly basically subbing in and out players to kind of like throw shit at the wall to see what sticks or whatever, whatever the saying is. But, you know, it does seem like, you know, this super team is going to happen. I think the only other thing about it is they haven't sort of agreed to terms with Karzy yet. Right. Um, Yeah. But that's their priority.
0: Yeah. That was something that Wooloo tweeted at first. He tweeted out like, uh, if an agreement is found, Karzy will play alongside Support LeBlanc. Uh, both players were teammates in uh, 2019, I guess. But oh, then he were? later tweeted. Yeah, I guess they were teammates together. Then he later tweeted on, oh, okay, I, I, uh, I fucked up the phrasing on that one. Sorry, I swear I read it twice. But yes, to clarify, Perks wants Karzy. Karzy is also Vitality's priority. But Vitality and Karzy have yet to find an agreement in the coming days. So it looks like they're probably still working on an agreement, but there is not one yet. So that's where we're at with that. Oh yeah, I did say that they
1: played for put together.
0: Yeah, and, and another thing that he tweeted, which I thought was interesting, is that um, he also said uh, this is LEC Wulu By the way, this is that sheep guy that <laughs> that leaks stuff. That sheep um, <laughs> the sheep guy. The sheep guy. Anyways, uh, he said, "I see a lot of people say uh, a lot of people say that Fnatic Alfari plus perks couldn't happen for money reasons." or that was just speculation, but no fanatic really tried to get them. So maybe fanatic is not all that cool with keeping Adam. Maybe they're still looking for other options. And obviously with Niski as well, if they're go if they're looking at perks, Alfari, clearly they, they're looking for better options. That might not mean that they want to get rid of, um, of either one of them but it's like c9 it's like they had they were happy with Nisky, but if you could get perks of course you're going to go for perks mm-hmm. same kind of thing here it's Nisky versus perks again yeah, I, and it's but it seems like couldn't get it though. yeah
1: like perks and alfari are kind of kind of been viewed as like a pair like that was something that kind of came out really early on basically you know five or six days ago it was like perks and alfari want to play together it kind of felt like they were the package deal and like if you're fanatic and you can get perks like I mean, I was just talking about, like, Adam is great, and he's probably going to have a good future, but, like, you also get Alfari along with it. it Who's like, yeah. he was the best top in the league before he left, so.
0: What a kick in the nuts if Fnatic actually got perks and Nisky got replaced again yeah. by, by perks. That, that would, would be, actually that be pretty would just... damn funny. That would be hilarious. Anyways, um, I, so I talked about this on Hotline League tonight, but I wanted your take, JNT. I, I will read to you what my take was for Hotline. Um, I said... With all three major imports, Alfari, Sword Art, Perks, leaving the LCS after just one year, should we worry about the LCS teams being able to import that talent again? Since North America doesn't have a good history of developing that talent ourselves. uh, And it also doesn't help that two of those three had major drop-offs in their gameplay. um, Right? Because Perks was definitely worse in North America than he was Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sword Art, obviously, as well, was definitely worse than he was in the LPL. And then the last thing I ended up was a follow up with saying, should North America even want imports? Considering your turn on investment can vary from Core JJ to Crown, right? There's a big disparity there. <laughs> of what you're getting oh my God. with an import, right? Like there's a big disparity there. So I want your thoughts on on all that, and if you need me to say any of that crap again, because mm. that was a lot. Let me know.
1: Well, it does feel like in terms of like I think NA importing when it originally like was first happening back in season four, season five, season six. It was more of the EU, LCK, and LPL players who are no longer at the top of their game in that region who could be top players in our region. And you saw a bunch of signings like um, the Sven the, the like the Loopers, I'm trying to think of like other LCK like people.
0: Someday came over.
1: Even impact at the time. Like he, he had missed out on worlds two years in a row. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of thought like if you were no longer at the top of your game in EU, um, LPL, or LCK, coming over to NA was an option. Then sort of it developed in like Season 8, Season 9, Season 10. It was like, hmm, if you're a top EU player, maybe you can go to NA and sort of dominate there and have a better shot at being the number one seed in your region to make Worlds or whatever, something like that. And I think with the result of this, we might see less of that Hey, like we're gonna be importing the top players currently at the top of their game, the sword arts, the perks, and the alvaris. And we might sort of revert more back to what we kind of saw before, which was the players kind of on the decline. I mean, we still kind of get that here and there, like when the one that sticks out is like when Immortals picked up Soaz, like he was clearly no longer a great player yeah. in Europe, but you know, he could be, you know, a mid to like maybe third place top laner in NA. Obviously it didn't work out like that. I think we might sort of see a bit of a bit of a step back in terms of how much money people are spending for these imports. Therefore you're not gonna be getting the best players available in their role, in their region. It might just be like the tier two ones or the tier three ones.
0: Yeah, which is kind of uh oh, right? A couple of thoughts that I wasn't able to get out on hotline league because obviously the calls aren't all that long, but one of the things that I was worried about was if I'm a European player, I'm trying to sign one year contracts so I don't get shipped off to North America. <laughs> so that's that's yeah, one. Yeah. The other thing is is like if you see well, I, I might have mentioned this, but if you see perks I, I said struggle because I mean he was still a good mid laner in North America, but he wasn't perks level, right? It wasn't what we come to expect. So, like if perks can we'll say fall off for lack of a better term, then like anyone can, right? Yeah. So that's something You're that proud. I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like who wants to go to North America if if Perks and Alfari take their first opportunity to get the fuck out and they they're like that's not a good sign, right? They're like all right, I did my one year, I'm done, man, get me out. I want to go back home. That cannot be a good sign for North America trying to import good players from Europe. It's just it's just not. Yeah,
1: but I mean at the same time like you also do have to wonder like how big of a factor was that Perks and Alfari wanted to play together and the only available option probably was going back to Europe. Maybe. because i mean, I mean I, we don't know right like, that's that's a good
0: point we don't I, know
1: i think in the eyes of like when we're talking about specifically sorter like he was one who definitely failed on the performance <laughs> level like he never reached he never reached that level he sort of like we saw flashes of it at points during the season but was yeah. never consistently there like although we did at times see both perks and alfari specifically in the spring split just really dominate the league like perks was really turning it on basically week 8 week 9 spring playoffs
0: yeah, and alfari was
1: was the best top in the league and i think
0: i would were- say alfari dominated i would not say perks dominated because if he dominated he would have been on the all pro list i think
1: well i said in week eight nine and the playoffs okay yeah. okay okay yeah sure no but I'm, okay you know i think perks and alfari sort of fall more under the category of like well we want to play together and we want to build a super team and doing it in north america is not an option so like that could have been one of the reasons whereas you look at a player like sorter like that was definitely like big failure.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's no way anyone's taking that contract.
1: Yeah, so I mean, where does that guy go? Actually, like I don't know. Back to I was LPL. The same thing. Does like, he go I to like? Does Army. he go to PCS? Like,
0: maybe, maybe yeah. he goes to like Brazil or something.
1: No, then he's like officially <laughs> done. If he goes to like
0: Wildcard <laughs> well, I mean, region,
1: I feel bad I don't for him. Know. I want, dude, I want him to go like PCS or something.
0: Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, like that that's would be still cool. a good
1: region. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah, that that might be the good fit. Don't go, don't fit. Maybe, go to like Latin there's America. Team. There's 17 teams in the LPL, and he yeah. still was a world's finalist. Maybe he just goes back to the LPL, maybe. and slots into a team. So that Act is. To I hope for the best. Yeah, you got to hope for the best for They're a new art. team now.
1: Oh no, Sooning.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot. Are you gonna no. support
1: whoever the new team is, or no? Just cause I
0: like Sofm, so I'm following Sofm wherever he is. That'll be my LPL team. Hopefully SOFM sticks in the LPL, but that's a, that's a discussion for another day. Um, The other thing that I I wanted your thoughts on is, are you confident in this whole like new North American development system? Like it hasn't been ongoing for a while. So, so the thing is only within like the last couple of years, maybe year, maybe even just year, I don't know, has like North America really started to be like, okay, we got to start developing some players. Do you have confidence? Get A few more Danny's, or not really? I think so. Because if we don't, if we can't get any more Danny's, or if we get very few Danny's, let's say, and we can't get any more perks, Alfari sword arts, uh oh, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Well, I mean, I guess one sort of goes hand in hand with the other. Like, if we can't get the big boys, then we, you, you know, you're forced to go into that development route, and, you know, it's going to have to turn into a priority. And I think it's whether or not the current teams at the moment are willing to stick their neck out and say like, Hey, we need to start doing this now. And the teams that have been doing it have been ones that have succeeded and have these young players that are going into their starting roles of their team and playing very, very well. Like blabber hit the scene. He was great. Danny hit the scene. He was great. Tactical hit the scene. He was great. 100 thieves. Like there's like really big talk about, you know, specifically tenacity and Kenvey are the two main players on 100 thieves that are always talked about with uh, making the LCS in the future. And you know, we see teams like TSM, like when was the last time TSM had like a young up and coming player that they developed themselves? I can't yeah. think of one. Um so Wait.
0: TSM? Yeah. Speaker.
1: Okay. That that's actually true. Okay.
0: <laughs> ah, well, shit. Sorry. I was a little harsh on that one. I, I, I could have been like, oh well, I think you might have forgot about speak no, you just speaker, man. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, um, so, I guess I guess I'll rephrase my point to <laughs> other teams are doing it a lot more. TSM's done it once, and but it's yeah. good to know that TSM is going that route. It seems with that video they did put out.
0: I think so too. I think so too.
1: Like that's a good. This is like while yes, TSM might struggle next year. Like this will be a good thing for TSM in the
0: long run. I'm hopeful for the NA development system now that we're putting more time and resources. into I just it. think it it'll take like, some time. So do I. But there's no proof that it will work, and so that's where I'm a little bit monka s. But. Uh, I, I guess I'm hopeful. We'll, we'll hope that we can, uh, Hopium's back. Players. Hopium on Cracko mode. Okay. Uh, all right. Is that everything for the rumor stuff? I think so. Dude, there's still so much uncertain too. Like next week is probably going to be more of this. Or at yeah, least yeah. in two weeks it will. At le- definitely in two weeks. Cause that's when the November 15th will happen. Dude, the off season is so good. It's actually so good. I love it. Can't get enough off season stuff let's talk world stuff right Mm-hmm. because worlds was freaking awesome this weekend yep uh i think people are a little bit upset that the the damn one t1 series wasn't the finals but dude it was so good it was so good uh i'll let you start us off standout players jnt
1: um i don't know banger series like i've been really impressed by the damn one bot lane like they're looking much much better i know we talked about it in the group stage um that you know like this was a problem for them like at msi 2021 and even at worlds 2020
0: problem and we i'm pretty sure we even said like problem in quotation marks because like yeah and, well, they're not bad and it's just they're the weakest point on damn one which is yeah. an oxymoron because Weak and Damwon do not go together. Yeah,
1: but, but I guess my point was that we saw at Worlds 2020, like, they were the role players of the team. Like, they were not yeah. players who were doing any carrying or were having a large impact on the map, and it did feel like at Worlds uh, so far and in this series, Ghost and Barrel were doing a lot.
0: barrel has been a beast, and he's really struggled at MSI, that's for sure. Barrel was running it down at MSI. He has totally turned around. He's a monster now. There, it doesn't seem like they have a real weakness. They're mm-hmm. actually so good. And OP. honestly, huge shout-out to T1 because their season was bumpy, man. But they actually brought this series to five games. I, I thought that it would be a lot more one-sided than it was. Me too. Um, Even though I predicted 3-2, series.
1: like, I didn't think it would be a close 3-2. Like, this was a close, close
0: 3-2. Yeah, and there was... Uh, I So, okay, I-, I have to say, Faker did get hard-gapped in game four. That-, that was the standout, like damn game yeah this was a series where i really wanted both teams to win but i I do admit that i wanted uh to win more because I i still love faker but i don't have any problem with there being a new faker like imagine if showmaker does become the new faker and we've got two guys that we could say are like this pinnacle of league of legends i think that's awesome but i think most people are against that idea i think most people are just sad that faker didn't win and that he got kind of gapped in Game 4 specifically. That was probably the biggest gap of the whole uh, series, honestly.
1: Yeah, like, like even like even when I predicted 3-2, I was thinking, and the Damwon wins, like, it was kind of what Game 4 was going to look like, where it was just, like, straight top to bot, like, <laughs> everyone was getting outclassed.
0: Yeah. You know what I noticed about Showmaker? Is that he always makes his TP advantages count. That was a, something I picked up, over mm. the last couple of series. So obviously he's very good in lane and he gets advantages and he forces the other mid laner to use TP a lot because he's just winning traits. That's what good mid laners do. But not only does he do that and he's able to save his TP, but he's, they always, always, always make that TP count and punish another lane. And so you've got Showmaker winning two lanes for you. It's insane. I'm Showmaker and Canyon, I should say, because Canyon does gank mid a lot as well and they get a lot of successful ganks with that. And then they convert the mid lane advantage into other lanes. But it's amazing how these two guys just automatically win you two lanes, and then the bot lane, which is, again, supposed to be the weakness, quote-unquote, is just solid. Mm -hmm. They looked really, really good. And, I mean, I I guess T1 also looked good as well. They brought them to five games, but I think this was about as close as it can get to beating damn
1: Yeah. Um, Pretty much exactly what you're outlining with the Showmaker TP usage and kind of pairing up with Canyon to just, like, hey, we have TB advantage mid, let's just go wreck another lane because we're already winning mid lane. It's, it's pretty much exactly what BDD was doing in the previous yep. quarterfinal series um, against Cloud9. It was like literally exactly the same Like Showmaker and Canyon were executing that game plan to perfection against Faker and just like a much better team, obviously T1 than Cloud9, which makes it, I think, even more impressive.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I want to talk about Caria. What did you think of the Zillion? I thought his lane yeah, was yeah, fucking the awesome. the was great. <laughs> That was a lot of fun to see. I like. Definitely not as influential in the second game because, in the first game that they pulled it out, it was against like heavy dive. I, I, what was it against? It was against Jarvan or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I have that in my notes. Mm-hmm. It was against heavy dive, and I know for sure it was against Syndra because, I mean, the Syndra R button is just really not as effective with a zillion. But they didn't have that in the second game, so the zillion wasn't as effective, but still a really fun pick and something we hadn't seen yet. And Karya looked really good on it, and it was is absolute cancer for one to deal with so you could see that T1 prepped some really good things coming into the into the series and they were able to take games because of that
1: yeah I mean we really saw like Jin have super high priority in this series we saw like both supports I think had a really good series I mean yeah like yeah one loss but I thought both Beryl and Karia looked really really good in their wins um I've been saying this I feel like almost the entirety of the tournament Rakan is in my opinion the best fucking support in the game and Barrel was just like he played that so well in games four and game five. Was really like kind of fucking with carrier for the majority of the game. But I think also Showmaker's uh, Zoe, like he's less like, oh my God, hits every skill shot. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some of those bubbles are actually really nasty. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We could but go on about yeah. Showmaker. When
1: Kerria when Car- did pick the Zillion, it just wanted me, it, 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 I wanted the T1 to win just even that much more because I wanted like T1 Zillion skin. Like, I don't play Zillion or anything, but, like, I feel like it would be a cool skin and I would want to have it.
0: That would be pretty sweet, actually. I think that would be pretty cool. Especially if, like... Because that would have been the pick that really influenced the series, yeah. right? If you pick up a win in that game, mm-hmm. that is, like, this Zillion pick is the reason you won that series. Yeah. Or, I guess, one of the reasons, I guess you could say. Um, I will say, I do not think Kana had the greatest series. No, and... he
1: was getting a bit shit on.
0: So, I, I think it sucks anytime you see someone not... Uh, deliver but I think why this sucked so much more is because he struggled a lot in the regular season and he got shit on by fans a lot like oh my god the spam that I saw for Kana was non-stop all in spring and and, yeah anyway we saw it for a while and then he he was having a really good world like he was actually looking so much better I was like wow I don't know what got into this guy he looks solid and then he got kind of clapped in this series and it's like man he had it all turned around everything was going his way he started looking really solid and yes, it is against what is probably the best team in the world, but it still sucks to see the other yeah, team but, pick on you so much, and he, he looked pretty lackluster.
1: Yeah, I mean, it didn't even look that bad to begin with. Like, his Game 1 wasn't that horrible. I thought his Yasuo in Game 2 was actually pretty good. He did a good job. Basically, it felt like T1, it took them a bit of time to figure out, like, the timing on, like, the Leeson and Yasuo engages because we saw them kind of fail a couple of those earlier on in that Game 2. But his Yasuo was doing a lot of work, you know, later on in that game. But then game three, four, and five is when it really went all just
0: bad. Yeah, the, the Kennen picks weren't very good. Um, I think that was game three and five. And then yeah. it was game four where he played the Jace. Now, as the Jace, he got all of his plates because Khan was TPing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, he used his TP as Gragas, and he went and roamed mid. And anyways, Khan was able to get all of the five <laughs> plates top as Jace. And you want to see someone do something with that, and he wasn't really able to unfortunately now mind you the other side of the of the map was getting shit on is i think it was his bot lane that was getting shit on, or maybe mm. it was faker i don't remember yeah, i just they, remember other
1: everywhere was getting shit on in that game
0: okay well there, there you have it I, I do remember thinking like oh it's kana who's got the advantage and he's gotta hold off the rest of damn one and obviously he couldn't do that so that feels a little bit bad but yeah even game three they won and his cannon and still didn't really look all that great either so mm. yeah it was a little bit disappointing to to see him struggle towards the end of the series and course everyone had to pick on him again i was like oh god here we go again all the con of flames coming back
1: yeah. um, and i mean the, he got
0: good worlds he didn't have a great series
1: yeah i mean the other player that i think people were kind of picking on from the t1 side was owner uh and the jungle also really didn't have like that great of an end to the series but i mean we've, i've talked about this for quite a while now like the way that Damwon just like utilizes vision in the early game to just permanently track the enemy jungler is like first of all it's insane and second of all, it just makes it so difficult for the enemy jungler to do anything. And it feels like once you fall behind against Damwon, specifically Canyon Showmaker, it feels like those two are just following you wherever you go. Like if you're on your if you're on your red side, like they're moving to that side of the river. If you're on your blue side, they're moving to that side, and they be, <laughs> they basically just prevent you from doing anything in the game. So I, I don't really like fault owner as much as other people do, because I think it's just Damwon is just that insane and just countering everything that you're trying to do um but i mean he didn't play that well either but
0: well you do also have to remind people that this is a very young roster as well and i know that's like excuses excuses but i think it is valid when you're playing against the best team in the world and you're playing on the world stage and they're all like 18 or 19 or whatever they are. Years yeah, they, old. they like put up some really
1: graphic. Uh, they put up the graphic where it was like, <laughs> world. was it Worlds games or just international games? Yeah. And all the T. I te- think it was, yeah. Yeah, like, it was Worlds games. Yeah. I know. Anyway. And three of the T1 players were at nine games because. That's how many games that they had played at Worlds at the time. Carrier was, like, 18 because he had only played in the previous Worlds on DRX. And Faker was, like, outlasting. Like, Faker had, like, way more yeah, than, something. like, everybody else in the whole game. And all the Damwon players had, like, I think 70 or 80 plus or something like yeah. that. Maybe it wasn't that much, but... Um, they had a lot more. Yeah, it was, like... I don't remember it exactly, but I just remember Faker had a shit ton. The rest of the team players had, like, none. And Damwon was, like combined like still beating them out despite faker having so many world games
0: yeah and and sometimes it's hard to judge nerves because you don't know how much plays are being affected or not being affected by nerves but i can imagine that if i I put my 18 or 19 year old self on that world stage and i am eighteen buckets i am yeah so i i do I, i i am a little bit more empathetic but they they played a great series unfortunately they played the best team in the world so Tough luck. Yeah. Uh, I do want to shout out Gumayusi. Uh, his Jin was Pog. That was, uh, that was Jin a Jin looks OP. Awesome game. But that was also the game that he had carrier as the Zillion. And so when you're getting sped up and you're already Jin, who's already really fast, he's just he was yeah he around. was just
1: zooming around people like he would be like it felt like a thousand five hundred unit like range away. Like he would get sped up by the Zillion. He would force like auto Q and like he would just die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the, the last thing for me that I wanted to shout out was the one play where Canyon was playing Talon. This was game five with that flank play. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Where uh, just... T1 kind of gets pushed off Baron. He hop. He uses his car. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Wall. It mm-hmm. sits in the brush there. Yeah, so yeah. I, re- I went back and rewatched this play a couple of times because I was like, how did he know that that wasn't warded? And the answer is he didn't. He didn't sweep he didn't sweep as he's going over. It was all just instinct. I'm just gonna sit in this brush. Owner happens to walk by, he kills him, and then starts running for the hills, right? He starts jumping over a bunch of walls and gets everyone to chase him. But that was so huge because yes, he ends up trading one for one, but that just gave his team the soul. Like, I don't know what his instincts were that told him, let's go over here. This probably isn't warded. I don't know if he's just YOLOing or what the fuck that was. But that was an amazing play. It was an, sure, but I mean, he's, he clearly couldn't get away after, like, even once he was spotted, he couldn't get out. Or, I mean, actually, he probably could have gotten out, but he didn't. He ran. went down instead of going up. Yeah, that was, that was weird, honestly. But the point is that he didn't know whether he was spotted or not. And if you're spotted, you're probably dead. Um, so that was a I don't know, that was just a crazy play and it ended up to me that was what won them the series cuz they got the the mountain soul. I'm pretty sure the gold was even or approximately even and that just swung game. it really that really swung it in their favor and I was like what the hell how did he decide that this was good like it was good but like how did he know that? Like we know that cuz we could see the vision. Yeah. Anyways, was. that was a that was a crazy play and I was like holy shit this guy's <laughs> got balls. That was insane. Yeah,
1: overall really really good series. I like people. I don't think we're expecting to see that kind of a series because people just view Damon as just this like absolute monster that was going to just run through the whole bracket stage and maybe get challenged in the finals by uh, one of the LPL teams. Um, but no, T1 really made this a series, super exciting series. Um, and it's at least good. Like, I feel much better knowing that Faker didn't get like absolutely shit on, sure, he got shit on in one game, one game, one but, like. Game. He didn't get like copium, yeah. Like uh, he just didn't get shit on, so that felt good.
0: Yeah, and, well, and I think it was this series that he played the Lissandra and the LeBlanc. that's
1: what he played like two games Lissandra, I think.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah, that was a really good game because he actually shut down Showmaker pretty hard there, which was like, wow, this just goes back to the good old game plan of let's get their best player on a champion that. We can counter and shut them down, and he actually did that really well. I think that was game two. Yeah, he like I was so. he
1: was just like going for Showmaker and Showmaker <laughs> yeah. only in fights. It was like one yeah. of the, one of the fights around Dragon where like there's like a four v four brawl going over, like going on somewhere, and he has vision of Showmaker off to the side, and he sees Showmaker jumps in, and he just like flash W ults him instantly. Showmaker like W's back, and he's just running at him like he doesn't care.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's what you got to do, and he did that really well. So. Uh I, by the way there was some talk about Faker retiring. I don't think it's happening. No, he, I, it's uh, like so one, I, I just I didn't think it was happening anyways, but also in the press conference he said something about next year and I was like, "Oh, okay, good."
1: Well, I like they just like just run back this roster. Like honestly, I think it's like possible. Yeah. Like
0: Now, just cuz he said something about next year doesn't mean he's not like weighing his options. Like it's still possible, but he's gotta I don't think first. it's likely. Yeah, I don't it's think in it's in the likely. script, dude. And, and yeah, the team's got it's a young team, so there's obviously yeah. room for growth. So really happy with this series this series was was it the best series so far of the it has to be yeah. the best series mm-hmm. of the tournament mm-hmm. yeah it was great it was really really good
1: unless you're an any enthusiast
0: yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> true
1: and then uh, uh we had another five game banger um
0: not as not as clean this one yeah <laughs> There's
1: a lot of, there seemed to be a lot of flame on Twitter about how, like, monkey this series was overall. I don't know if I thought it was... It was not that bad, I, man.
0: It was still good.
1: Yeah, I think... I don't know. Like, part of it is, like, everyone has just really adopted the whole, like, LS and I will dominate mentality of, like... I agree. If they draft bad, then the whole game is bad. And so, like, and yeah, then sure. And it's just like,
0: a flame fest. And, like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes LS and Dom are funny. But then it's just all flame. And it gets... Ugh yeah I, it, it takes some of the energy out of me i'm I'm kind of done with that I, I don't mind criticism but when it's always flame and it, uh, it just gets old to me i think and i thought this series was a good series it was not as good as the damn one t1 series but this was a good series
1: yeah it really it was, it was good yeah
0: yeah uh i will admit that bdd did not look that great he looked very good and very not good you know what this series was out of bdd it was like that one, it was like the the C9 tiebreaker game where Perks is popping off and also running it down, <laughs> but across a full series. That's yeah. what this was with BDD. And it made me realize that maybe in order for Genji to win, you need the BDD that we've seen for the whole tournament, where he's just 1v9ing the whole time. Because there were some running it down plays that we saw at a BDD, and I, I say this all the time, I'm a huge BDD fan. But I have to admit, he didn't play that well uh, in comparison to the rest of the tournament. He he did still have some great performances, but it also got caught a lot. And so you take the good with the bad. And unfortunately, I don't think Gen G can can win a series when he's not one V ing
1: Yeah, I think the the main standout guy on Gen G, for me at least, the series was Clid. That guy was, he was smurfing it pretty hard, and, you know. His
0: Lee Sin was insane. I yeah. didn't like, towards the end of the series, I didn't really like, like, I didn't like the Viego. Yeah. I didn't like the Xin Zhao. So, I actually didn't think that his later games were good. At the start of the series, he was pog, man. He was, his Lee Sin is insane, and then they started banning it, though.
1: Yeah, he's pretty much exclusively been playing Lee Sin, Zin Zhao. I think, like, Lee Sin and Zinzao Zhao make up, like, basically all of his games, except for two, where he played, like, one, uh. Allen game and one trundle game or something like that, but he's pretty much been only playing Lee Sin's and Zhao, so it wasn't really a surprise to me to like they had such a high prior on Lee Sin. But I didn't think he'd pop off as hard as he did because games one through three, his Lee Sin was popping the hell off.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, his, his Lee Sin was really, really nice. He had a lot of nice insect plays and he was finding picks all over the place. Another guy to shout out is Mako. His Nami is great. Uh, mind you, they played a shit ton of Nami Lucian. Is that what they played the whole series or no?
1: Oh, was it every game? I don't think it was.
0: I think, like, games 1 through 3, at least. Yeah, they okay, had they had the Jinx
1: game in Game 2.
0: Oh, yes, they did. Um, but, anyways, uh, his Nami was great. It, dude, his Nami bubbles were insane. They were always so good for Peel. Like, it, it really allowed Viper to stand out and absolutely pop off and kind of just shit on Ruler. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, his Nami was great, and Ruler's Lucian was great a bunch in this series and yeah i mean re- regardless on, i guess that they couldn't play that
1: regardless of what viper and Mako were playing like i think i've always thought that they have been the best like laners in bottom for the majority of the tournament like their laning is really really clean they're aggressive in their laning yeah. they don't really make a whole lot of mistakes and you put them on a like a pair like lushinami you just like like, you saw it in, like, the first two games. Like, he was just dashing in and just one-shotting uh, Ruler level 3 with the Nami combo. I was combo. surprised
0: that they got the Nami in so many games, though. That's I yeah. couldn't believe. Especially after they hard-clapped. Now, you could tell that G was like, look, we just messed up game 1. Like, we could run it back. And then when they did, they ran back the MF Lulu into it. They actually did fine in the second time around, or maybe the third, I don't remember. Um, The second time that they had that matchup, I think it was, it was game uh, they three. actually... They actually did look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the Nami Lucian was still kind of insane. Like, it's still really, really good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Game uh, Game 1 was really interesting with the, the Seraphine mid lane. Like, I thought B2D was playing really, really well on it. It was just, like, Genji kind of fumbled their their late-game team fights in that game. Because it felt like they had that... Like, when I was watching the game, like, it felt like they were just going to win that game. Like, there was just a point where, like, Genji was winning fight after fight after fight. Like, three fights in a row where they won and then, you know,
0: Rascal... Their will... team fighting looked really good this series. Yeah. That's one thing I'll give to Genji. So, the one of the fears that we had for Genji is that they play really slow, and like, well, what if the other teams are more proactive and make things happen first? That is what happened in this series, and I think they ultimately got punished for it. But in the games that Genji did win, it didn't matter that much because their team fighting was really, really good. And, and mm-hmm. game one, specifically, they were kind of getting clapped early. But they kept finding these team fights. BDD with that flash, Seraphine ulti onto the Lucian was kind of mm-hmm. clean. That was, like, max range, like, whoa, like, you you almost missed that, but that was so clutch. That was a really nice play. Uh, he did miss a multi-two, though, for being fair. He did miss some. Like I said, I, I mentioned this at the start of our little segment here, that, like, he was very hit or miss, literally. Um, so, yeah, but I, I thought that it was an interesting pick because normally you see BDD just style with Syndras, Azir's, and Zoe's, and I believe one of those was still up in game one, but they went with the Seraphine and said, I think Zoe was still up, and they were like, hmm, let's go Seraphine. Yeah, it was
1: a, it was an interesting draft. I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I guess a lot of people would jump to the fact like, oh, BDD's not going a carry, but like, Jindi still got good. Like, dude, when when Clid playing like he was, and we all know Ruler's great. So I liked it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Je-je played a shit ton of Jarvan. I like uh, it. That guy's Jarvin is not only good for engaging, he can peel really, really well with it too, was yeah. something his, I noticed. His as well. team
1: fighting this whole series on Jarvin was insane because I think a lot of the power, yeah. a lot of what we've seen at Worlds is, you know, Jarvin, everyone's just like viewing it as a super early game champion. If you don't get ahead in the early game, you're useless. But even in the games, like in games one, two, and three, where we saw JJ like fall behind, where he got like solo killed in game one, like, uh, by by Kled in the jungle like he was still providing so much in teamfights in terms of his peel. He hit like so many um, EQ flashes um, yeah. Like that though, like there was just plenty of them that were super disgusting. He was going to stopwatch tech. I like it
0: Well, and and I mentioned how Mako was peeling really nicely with the with the Nami you had great peel out of Nami and Lucian and that's why Viper is just popping off in all of these fights I was really really impressed with their team fighting as well now mind you I said the same thing about G, and that's where I think the strength was in this series was both teams had really nice team fighting and so when I hear that this series was kind of messy I just don't agree yes there's some messy plays that happens in every series that doesn't mean the series itself is messy I thought that it was a great series I, I really enjoyed it I'm sad that the the G run is over <laughs> but uh, I'm happy with their performance and I'm also happy that we're going to get a finals that's two different regions That's a that's a plus as well
1: well, that's how it's been for quite a while.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it could have been. LCK uh, I guess. versus LCK. I that would
1: have been probably that would have probably fucked the viewership. Honestly, that might yeah, have been. That, I think
0: g- it would have. Yeah, I think okay. so too. I, and I would have been sad because, like, like I said, I mentioned earlier, like I want to see another faker, quote unquote. Like, I want to see Showmaker become that guy. I think that'd be sweet and
1: he's got to win well two more. i want
0: to cheer but i don't i didn't want to cheer against bdd <laughs> so i was like oh no like i guess it's not the worst thing that genji lost so i'm not there's no uh friction there um what else what else anything else jnt uh
1: no I, I just thought like this series what made it really interesting because we're, we're seeing a lot of games be super one-sided and i think that's normally because one jungler just ends up shitting on the other jungler and I think in this series, yeah. we had two junglers who were playing really, really well and team fighting really, really well for their teams, keeping them in it, like, all the time. Like, it didn't feel like, other than, what was it, like, game four, I think, where, like, games four and five were, like, kind of the only really one-sided games in this series.
0: Yeah, game five sucked. That was going to be my last point. Yeah, game five Game did five suck. wasn't close. Game yeah. five was not close. If that's like why bo- both are teams the were in
1: messy, the games, I yeah.
0: If that's why people are saying the series was messy, because game five, I'd be like, okay, like game five was actually not really clean. Um, but the rest of the series was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the the one thing that I noticed with with game five, this is this will be my last point on this series, is um, they had Genji had the wombo comp where you, you have the uh, the Raikon, the Oriana, and the I'm missing one.
1: I hated that Oriana pick. I was even like, we were like watching the game and the draft was going on and I was like, somebody's going to pick some dumbass Oriana," And it just, it happened and I was like, oh man, like.
0: Oh, it was misfortune. Yeah, but see, I didn't mind the Oriana. I, I actually think life actually kind of un- underperformed on the Rakan. Even the one team fight, they are behind. So they're down like 5k or something like that. They're struggling. But Rakan has a great flank and he goes, he could have easily got a three man ulti on the Rakan but he only got the jin and I'm, jin is a good target don't get me wrong yeah. but because he didn't get the jarvin jj was able to peel for the jin with his eq mm-hmm. and that stopped them from erasing the jin whereas like if he just lands the three man ulti there which i do believe he could have done it's a clean wombo into oriana ult and mf ulti, and they couldn't get the wombo the whole game it felt like they never got that and that's clearly what you draft for when you've got those three picks it's so good especially when you get that recon flank and he had it he had it but he just missed the ulti Onto the two guys, and it was really, really sad. I think that was that was their way back into the game. It was a missed opportunity by Life, and that kind of cost the series, unfortunately. Now yeah. I think Life still had a great tournament. Just that game, poor execution on the one team fight. Mm. Like
1: he had, he had to get the ADC no matter what, and he kind of just yeah. he went for the guarantee. Like I'm gonna alt and then flash W. Yes. As kind of like I'm gonna alt then flash and then group people up with the charm and then W. But like he was going for the like I, I, I don't fault him for that. Like he's going for the guarantee play on the ADC. But if he gets all three, like, they probably win that fight.
0: Yeah, and they, they probably get right back in the game. Yeah. Because you cause probably pick up the dragon. You could probably run Baron or something. Yeah. Better what? better series Ifs. than Ifs. Yeah. Yeah,
1: better series than most people would say, I think.
0: I think it was better than any of the series we saw in the quarterfinals. So
1: Probably, yeah. Yep. Unless you're an Annie fan, as I said.
0: Yeah. I still thought this series was better than that. But, hey, that's just me. Uh, Pop-Off being super.
1: Um, well, I'm going to go with the obvious pop-off. This series okay. were all great. We had 10 games. It was great. Ah. Wasn't the quor- it wasn't the fucking quarterfinals where we saw three 3-0s. And I would say a messy 3-2 in EDG versus RNG. That w- that's a series I would classify more as messy than this one. The one we just so- talked about
0: your pop-off is just semi-finals yeah it
1: was epic
0: absolutely it was it it was awesome i i didn't even think about that myself but yes i loved this weekend i'm still hella hyped for finals and Uh, the results
1: of it make the finals more interesting because like we just said it would kind of suck if it was lck versus lck in the final
0: yeah and it's coming off of two good series as well going into the final like this is this is good stuff this is good um yeah I, i can't wait for finals me, I, I think I made it pretty clear how excited I was about the Talon play. Uh, that play was insane. I have to give that pop off because I had to watch it over and over again being like, how did he know? Like, he didn't sweep any of this. He was just like, ah, fuck it. I'm going into the jungle. Uh, I thought that play was crazy. Maybe it was even not the right play because it could have been warded, but I loved it. And so I'm giving pop off the canyon. Um, bean Soup JNT.
1: I had to go with Rascal. I think there was kind of a toss-up for me between Rascal and Kana because they both Mm -hmm. didn't play very, very well. And to whatever degree, like, you know, you talk about Rascal, like what influence he has in the draft, but like, man, nobody wants to see Renekton. Like, why is that happening?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Renekton pick. I will say, so he was kind of getting shit on it in the one game, and then he turned it around because, yeah. yeah, it's like but he shouldn't have been face checked so it's like can i give him credit for flandre just being like "Oh, i'll just walk right up to this brush it's like yeah you shouldn't he shouldn't have had that opportunity so it's like okay the Renekton got a solo kill but he shouldn't have got a solo kill so can i give him the credit for that i don't know i I don't like the pick
1: i thought rascal played really fucking bad in game one i thought like that was kind of one of the main reasons that like that game just kind of gen g just lost control of the game just because he was like having a really hard time dealing with the jacks like in team fights not like not even in the sideline like it would be totally understandable if he was losing the split the jacks but just in team fights like he was going in at incorrect times like he was kind of using his w like really early on in fights and not saving it for like important stuff and i didn't think he played well in that game either
0: my bean soup was gen g game five mm-hmm. uh this it, it was such a bad way to like don't get me wrong, I loved the series, but that was not the way I wanted it to end. I wanted it to be a lot closer and I'd and, and give them this credit for being a good team fighting team. They were not in that they were not. They were not on the same page either, which is like not usually something you're expect you're expecting out of Gen G. They were like the shockwave was already used and Clid still going in as zinja with nothing left and no it like it, it just didn't make sense to me. I couldn't believe how bad they played for game five and so that was pretty disappointing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, bean bean soup for game five. But, uh, I mean, it, it feels like something that's weird to be picky about because I still loved the series and the whole weekend was great. But for the sake of our awards, I found some. And I went with game
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now we get finals. EDG. Damwon. Preview. Let's go. <laughs> JNT, should we just start with predictions?
1: Uh, Sure.
0: I'm going 3-1 Damwon. Dang. What are you doing?
1: Well, I wanted to say 3 1, but I'm not going to be a 3-1. copycat, so I'm going to say 3 0. Damn one.
0: I'll, I'll give myself a little bit of a bean soup award because lately you have been, been saying a lot saying of 3
1: 1s. Yeah, you have I been. Know. You said that about I me know. last year, and now I'm saying it about you this year.
0: Yeah, I, I deserve that. I'll admit I deserve that. But I mean, what can I say? I think it's going to be a 3 1. I, I think that EDG can pick up a game. I think their bot lane's still playing really, really well, so I can't just be like, that bot lane's going to get 3 0. I can't do that. And G A J looked, I mean, mind you, he played a shit ton of Jarvan only, but he still looked really good as well. And, I mean, the whole team looked pretty good on the side of EDG. So, I just don't think I can see this team getting 3 0 I, I mean, I guess it's possible Day one is l- looking really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, my, my thoughts are, if EDG is to win this series, it's got to be through the bot lane, I would have to imagine. I don't see mid yeah. getting gapped. I don't see jungle getting gapped. Uh, I don't really see top getting gapped either. Honestly.
1: Yeah, unless on like slips on the proverbial banana peel and like does some really troll shit or like they stick him on some like terrible champion like i think you know damwon really has the advantage in every single role except for bot lane um i don't know i just kind of went for the spicy 30 pick like okay i don't know i feel like canyon and showmaker are just too good i don't know like i like I'm I just, know, it, I'm, it I'm waiting, weird. I'm waiting for the one game where it's like, oh my God, like Canyon and Showmaker just got shit on by those, that other mid jungle, but it just doesn't happen. Like, yeah, it, happen. It,
0: it sounds boring. Like it's sad to say, but like, that's what it is though. Like, yeah. There's nothing more to say. They're actually looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, guys. I got no hot takes on this one. Yeah. I think Damwon's going to win it.
1: Yeah, I guess, like, the, the only other way I would say is if, like, EDG go, like, really heavy topside focus, they try to get, like, Khan and Flandre into, like, a volatile matchup. Like, if Khan picks Dilution, like, expect JJ to just, like, sit top and shut down Dilution. Um, but in terms of, like, jungle mid, like, I, I don't really just know, like, what EDG can do unless, like scout is just somehow beating showmaker in lane or you know jj just hella goes mid early on to just completely annihilate any chance of them getting mid control um
0: so we did see faker kind of shut down showmaker the one game with the the lissandra into the leblanc so maybe you try to get him onto the leblanc and you say i'm not going to win lane but i'm going to shut him down from having pressure later on that's something we've seen actually work a lot in this tournament specifically yeah so there are ways i just don't know if Dan one's going to necessarily fall into them. Yeah. That's that's my problem. But uh, anyways, um, I think that our prop sheet's gonna make this really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not we're not at the prop sheet stuff yet, guys. But stick around because I I think it's actually gonna make the, the finals a lot more fun to watch. I think I think we did it better this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else before we get into quick news?
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: I don't think so either. I'm just I'm I'm excited for finals. Should be fun. Let's do quick news. Go J and T.
1: Yeah, we got. I mean, all the quick news is like roster rumors stuff. That's what we would, but we did it at the top because that's what people care about. Um, first up, this is a guy you were kind of been talking about the know, last couple of weeks. I was wrong. Uh, CLG hired a new general manager for their LCS team. His name is—I don't know what he like his name in name game is, but I think it's like Jonathan or something. Like that's his. That's what people Jonathan call him.
0: Jonathan McDaniel is his name. He's Kamikaze Platypus.
1: From what I've heard uh, about him, he, he mainly was- people call him Jonathan. So
0: yeah yeah he was the assistant gm for golden guardians now to me when i see clg going after a guy like this my thoughts are okay this guy's had a lot of success in putting together low budget teams so maybe clg for the first time for the first time says hey let's not spend a bunch of money on players that suck maybe is brox is
1: <laughs> sticking around on that roster or like what's going on i don't on know there? what's going on there i would i, I would no keep idea. on brox if he wants to play there
0: I forgot all about Broxah. I love Broxah. Hopefully he sticks around in the LCS. Um, so the, the reason why I said at the start of this little discussion that I was wrong is because this was my pick for the guy to be the next commissioner of the league. Still haven't heard anything about that. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I feel um, like
1: knowing the LCS, it's going to just be some like last minute announcement, like two days before the start of the season. It's like, oh, season starting soon. By the way, this is the new GM.
0: Well, I won't be surprised if they don't find one and Greeley sticks on as interim commission until they you go a full year waiting for someone else. Mm-hmm. Or there's still the meme answer. We can still wait for Jat. Jat for Commission. Hashtag Jat for Commission. He's, he's
1: trying to go fucking around the world with jobs within <laughs> yeah. the LCS.
0: Yeah. Any new job in the LCS, Jat's got to do it. He's got he's to try it. Uh, what's next on the quick news stuff?
1: Um, this was kind of interesting that um, came out of left field, I would say um apparently lck teams are interested in adding a salary cap and that t1 yeah. were the strongest opposing voice however basically within 24 hours uh, like it just kind of came out that like they actually haven't been discussing this it's just something that the teams have sort of been pushing for similar to this all like naeu imports like stuff like the teams are pushing for it but the leagues aren't making any changes so like who fucking cares
0: yeah, my, my thoughts are is I don't really know where to stand on this because I do think it's healthy for there to be some uh, parity in the league, meaning that the, best, the, the richest teams can't always just buy the best players. Like, that's why you put in a salary cap so that a team like fucking FlyQuest has a chance of actually getting a good player every once in a while without going bankrupt. However, you're pissing off the... the a lot of fans when you're putting t1 in this spot where they can only spend a certain amount of money t1's probably the richest team in that league i would have to i would have to guess um they, they definitely have the most fans they're Apparently the most life
1: team. has a lot of money that's something uh, i've heard it's like they're Anyways, a big insurance company so they have a lot
0: of money so and, and you're also screwing over the players because I, I think we can all agree that players like showmaker and faker who have been the best players in the world they deserve to make freaking bank And if you put a salary cap on them, they probably just go to fucking LPL, no?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on whether or not it's a hard cap or, like, a soft cap with a luxury tax. Because if it were to just be a soft cap with a luxury tax, I don't think there would, like, be any difference. It would just only be if it was a hard cap. For people that don't know... The league would just make more money, right? I mean, just to quickly summarize, for people that don't know what a soft cap is is like, there's no actual cap on how much you can spend. However, if you do go over the like imaginary line, you have to pay extra money in fees Yeah. because of whatever, like it's called the luxury tax in, in sports. Um, and a hard cap is just, you cannot go over this line. This is the amount of yeah. money you're allowed to spend. You may not go over no matter what.
0: Yeah, so the, the soft cap would be like hypothetical. Let's say the soft cap is a million dollars is what you could spend across all of your players for your team you can pay 1.5 million but you have to pay a certain charge to the league and maybe that's how they become more profitable as a league i guess but anyways i i don't i don't want to get too much more into this because it, like you're saying it doesn't sound like it's happening but it was just is a, it still happening in the lpl
1: right? like there was like things talking about how they're going to introduce seller cap there. like is that actually happening like i don't know
0: i don't know what i don't know whatever happened with that honestly
1: yeah um. All right. Next up, kind of back to a little bit of world stuff. Uh, Oda Wamne, um, I think like via Mr. Wulu, Mr. Sheep, said that he was hospitalized during their Worlds twenty twenty one preps, like their boot camp and preparation, and whatnot, and was apparently on painkillers during the whole tournament.
0: This kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with Tian, where like yeah. you could tell something was wrong. He did not have a good Worlds. Now, mind you, he has. He was kind of sitting on the on the couch for a while (laughs) uh not really playing league i think i think he was coaching right um but he did and he also was on a new roster and and in a new region and all that stuff but i did not think otawam they looked very good at all and so i don't know i guess i'm just saying it makes sense i suppose um it's obviously something you don't want as well whereas like we know he's trying to make a comeback uh he i i believe he said he wants to play pro again if um, I remember right i said
1: okay i didn't know where you're going to this but i'm talking about Odawamne. I think you're talking about visit Chachi.
0: oh dude i am confusing the two you're right
1: otawamne rogue dude
0: yes yes no you're right i i actually confused the two i don't know why i did that i yeah what can i say <laughs> they're not the same i know who they are but for some reason i read that and just thought immediately of uh of visit Chachi.
1: Well, yeah, Wamne didn't look good either, to be honest, so.
0: Yeah, he did. <laughs> he didn't. And the thing is, too, with Oduwamne, like, the, the season started off so well. There was, like, the storyline with him. Like, he's never been to a finals yeah, before. Yeah. Remember in spring? Oh, they God. were supposed to win, too. Oh, uh, man. Poor guy. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Dude, that's actually so crazy how his whole season went. Like it. It actually started off really well. Rogue looked great. He was about to win his first thing. They had the great storyline around him too. But that they came out with like some special video yeah, about. Ah. Yeah. Oh, then it ends like this. Mm. Not like this, man. Not like this.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, LWX said I think on his stream or something. I don't remember where it came from. But apparently the FPX roster has disbanded, quote unquote. Um. Yeah. The roster disbanded, not the team, obviously. Um. So. Either we're going to see all of the FPX players on different teams or maybe only one of them sticks around. Like, who knows? But FPX players are on the move. And so, I mean, I'm looking at guys like Crisp, Nuguri, and Doinbi for sure, I think, are the three yeah. out of those. Maybe Tian, but we'll have to see kind of his health issues, how that right. affects his future. But maybe maybe Doinbi and Nuguri come back to LCK.
0: You've got world champions. On what uh... life, Nuguri.
1: Humbold they I could
0: probably me. they could probably demand a pretty good price for their contract. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. And then the last thing Arcane.
1: No, there's one more thing.
0: Oh, you added another one? You yeah. threw a curveball. It was about the
1: you. it was about the, the max contract length being increased from three to four years. Or, mm, that did happen, yeah. Yeah, that was like literally only a couple hours ago I saw this. Um ah. But yeah, it's the max contract length has been increased from three to four years for players either signing new contracts or signing contract extensions, um, and that's put into effect you know right now for this free agency period. So,
0: I wonder why that is though. Like, what like am I missing something? Did they say why they made that change?
1: I wonder. Like, I actually wonder though, how many players have been on like, I, mean, I need a percentage of like players that have been on the same team for three years. Like, it's yeah. probably so absurdly low.
0: Yeah, it it does seem like those contracts end up getting traded or they just like null the contract somehow one way or another. It
1: feels like it's two years maximum.
0: Also for the players, like what is the benefit? Unless you really feel like you're going to fall off. (laughs) You're like, man, I'm starting to suck. I better sign this three year thing. I (laughs) I don't know. Like it never seems like there's actual benefit to the players because if they are bad, there's always some clause in the in the contract where they're just their contract is just put like with sword art he's not getting three million again next year
1: i would get a percentage of that but yeah,
0: maybe i, I don't know how it works i would but. hope he does if well not, i would think with a contract that big though i feel like with a contract that big it's like probably normal to have a clause that's like look if you suck this is done man
1: <laughs> yeah but anyway. um
0: okay now the last thing go
1: well the arcane stuff you seem so enthusiastic about it
0: well i mean are you not i I can't wait i've been waiting for whenever the hell they first announced this thing i've been fired up for it
1: yeah it'll be good i I presume i mean the show is going to get released either right before right after or during worlds i also read on the league reddit that they're going to they're going to premiere the first three episodes on their twitch stream and that you can get like bonus rewards so that's kind of why i'm assuming that the finals are going to happen and then they're just going to release it right then and there I don't know exactly. And we've been
0: invited to co-stream it. That's a lie. But that would be cool, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I actually like for a second was like believing, like, oh, maybe we can just like watch it. Like, I, I, I was like, dude, I would have gone like gone to like somebody's stream, like watch Sneaky Stream while they like watch it or something. You baited me. Well, I don't know. I don't you. know
0: how it's working. There's some sort of. Pr- I, I honestly don't know. I'm just. I know that it's released. I actually have no idea. I, I thought there was something that you could actually co-stream it with actual people. I don't know, like Sneaky or something. I don't know either guys check reddit for that one we don't know but it's going to be freaking awesome and maybe we'll talk about it on our next episode
1: yeah I figured we're probably going to have at least two more episodes for all the free agency stuff from what we remember of last year we did three episodes after three episodes including the world's final episode before we went on our hiatus because there was obviously a bunch of free agency uh, stuff going on then so I assume that's probably safe to say that at the very minimum we got three more to go.
0: Yeah, it'll depend on how much roster moves there are, right? We if said that last year, talk- but
1: it it, it kind of kept going for three weeks basically.
0: Yeah, I mean because things were still happening. If there's nothing to talk about, we're not going to waste everyone's time with that. So I mean, we'll 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 figure it out as we go. But for now, it looks like we got a couple at least, and uh, that's pretty sweet. So mm-hmm. I I think we're enjoying this. Um, let's talk about the prop sheet before we close out the oh, show. Oh, yes, yes. Guys, we're doing another prop sheet. We did one back in spring, and I think the problem back in spring was that the way we had it set up was you guys couldn't check the answers that you submitted. We mm-hmm. kind of made a whoopsie there. But now when you submit it, we have it so that it sends you the, the picks that you made through email, right? Yeah. And we're going to leave you... So it's one entry per person, obviously, so like when you click on the link you can't sign up for more than one and we're gonna leave it open till friday so you can edit your picks until friday uh, around 10 p.m i think we're gonna close it yeah uh don't count on that though guys just make sure you get your picks in there's a lot of fun props on here guys like we just put we thought uh, i think we put a lot of time into thinking of some funny stuff Mm -hmm. um like which player is gonna touch the trophy first we got on there will a player cry on stage uh, that's a little less funny, but it's still kind of interesting. To yeah, be like oh I my mean, god, he's crying. <laughs> someone
1: usually is crying when they, whether they win uh, or lose.
0: And then obviously some gameplay stuff, like who's going to average most kills? Will a non-jungler run Predator? Will Con play Lucian? Some stuff like that. It's about twenty to twenty. What is it? Twenty six questions. It's actually? like
1: twenty six, twenty seven.
0: Somewhere around there. And then a tiebreaker question. And we're giving away money. So the winner gets seventy five bucks, either in RP or Amazon, whatever, Amazon gift card or whatever. We'll find a way to get you 75 bucks and then second place gets 25. Uh, it's free to enter guys. All you have to do is follow us on Twitch. That is it. And we'll reach out to you through Twitch most likely. Um, I think that's what we did last time. Yep. So just we need to check. So when we're, if you win, we're going to go into our Twitch followers and we're going to see your name. And that's how we're going to reach out. to you. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're following because we can't reach out to you if that doesn't happen. <laughs> and that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna make worlds a lot more fun. Like worlds is already fun, but if it's exciting when a player gets executed, I think that'll make it more fun. Um, so I, I think it'll be really good. And uh we hope you guys enjoy it. Um we used all of re- the where the money is coming from is coming from our subs that we got throughout the year. Mm-hmm. We I guess throughout the whole year we got about a hundred dollars in subs. So we said, well, what the hell? Why don't we throw it into to you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we'll leave a link in the Discord as well.
1: Yeah, Discord, I'll, I'll, this video. I'll tweet
0: out. I'll tweet out as well. We'll leave it in the, yeah, in the um, the what were you saying? The YouTube thing?
1: Yeah, the it'll be in the YouTube description. The
0: description, yes. The description. We will leave it in there for you guys to have a look at it. Um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So please fill those out, guys. You got till probably around Friday, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anything you want to add about the prop sheet, JT?
1: Well, I was just going to say for anybody like lurking, I guess I could just post it in here right now.
0: Oh, true. Do that. Go follow. Go, well, hit the follow button if you haven't, and then go fill it out right now.
1: For any lurkers. There you go. Uh,
0: and if you have any questions about it, uh, you can hop in our Discord. Our Discord is in the description all the time. Yeah. In the YouTube videos as well, right? And it's in Twitch. Yeah, or just as well. like, I don't know, message us on Twitter or something yeah hit hit me you could dm you could ask in the general chat and discord wherever you can find us no problem just ask any questions uh and there is some instructions at the top as well so make sure you read like the small little paragraph of instructions Mm -hmm. and uh we hope you guys enjoy it so we put some time into it hope you guys enjoy that last thing before we close out the show is i've been meaning for a long time to ask you guys if you have any feedback for us (laughs) um it's been a it's been a long time since we've gotten feedback from people, and it's probably because we haven't asked for feedback. This is our first full year, like doing spring and summer of doing this podcast. Uh, clearly, we've had a lot of you guys stick around, but we want to know how to get more of you guys to stick around. So, if you guys have anything that you think we need to be better at, another thing you can reach out to us for. I, I don't think we're going to be too upset as long as you're honest and respectful. If there's something that we suck at, we need to know to be in order to fix that. So. Mm. Uh yeah, give us some feedback if you guys have it. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We we love you. J <laughs> Anything else? Nope. Okay, this was fun. I like these these off season rumor episodes. The the world stuff is great. Um, we're probably gonna go live next Monday. Question mark.
1: I think so. Yeah. Take probably a little. Same
0: thing after hotline, right? Because yeah, let Travis worlds lets us digest. A bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Digest. Travis worlds. knows a bunch of shit that we don't know.
1: Watch arcane. That'll be <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. We'll do a little we'll do a little arcane thingy.
0: Yeah. Anyways. OK, I'm done rambling. Uh, Thank you, guys. This has been episode 64 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. We will see you next.
1: Bye bye.